0: which I'm going to read the church mission statement here for us. Maybe after doing this several times, we'll all have it memorized. (laughs) Maybe, we'll see. We exist to magnify Jesus Christ by proclaiming and displaying His redeeming grace to each other and to our local and surrounding communities. Through Christ's sacrifice, His mercy has triumphed over judgment, and we live to savor and spread this truth. Today we're going to be talking about the beginning of the second sentence, Through Christ's sacrifice, mercy has triumphed over judgment. And there's a lot packed in that statement, and countless passages could be referenced in this regard. But I just want to point out a few here. James chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. I'm just going to read through these. You, don't, you can turn there if you'd like. Um, But James says to the people, So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So this kind of goes back and forth ideologically a bit. And to work it down, the basic components of this are, we deserve to be judged, right? Because of our sin, we deserve it. Sin deserves death. That was the case from the very foundations of the earth. From the very first sin, Adam and Eve died spiritually. They brought death upon all creation. An animal died so that their shame could be covered. And Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Death comes. Destruction comes because of sin. But we see here that in Christ, mercy triumphs. Over judgment. Because Christ died, because he sacrificed himself for our sake. Now, God is fully able and free to show us mercy in that he doesn't punish us for our sin. Even though we're the ones who deserve the punishment for them. So mercy has triumphed in Christ over the judgment that we deserved. Deserve. And then he charges the people. At the beginning here, so speak, so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. So he's saying, You are free from the condemnation of your sin. You have Christian liberty. You are free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of corruption, from the bondage of judgment. So you need to act like that with other people. You need to reflect on that, cherish that in your own selves so that you can humbly, humbly walk before God with thankfulness and gratefulness having received His great mercy. And as you go, as you speak, and as you act, we're supposed to go forth and do likewise because we've been forgiven such a great debt. We go and we forgive great debts. Because so he says here, "...for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy." So because we have received such deep, profound mercy, <clears throat> there is nothing that we cannot or will not forgive. Not that it's not hard because we are still captivated by such lusts and pride. So forgiveness is often very hard. We think, they, you know, that's easy for us to think, they did this to me. They deserve to be punished. But Jesus James is telling us, in Christ, we have the ability to forgive as God forgives. To show mercy as God has shown mercy. To to show mercy on those who don't deserve it. We have the ability to do that now. Not just the ability, but he says, judgments without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. He's saying, if you're not like this, you are still under a judgment. If you are not merciful, then you are not like Christ. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. There are things that we could judge, but rather because of what Christ has done, because we walk before Him under His new daily mercies in thankfulness and gratefulness, we don't choose to judge We're not the lawgiver. They didn't break the law against us. They're first and foremost accountable to God. As far as we're concerned, we show mercy. Even when we've been hurt deeply, we show mercy because we can. Because we have this Jesus who did it to us. So now we can go forth and do it to others. Matthew 9.13, Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We in this church, we operate not as those who are trying to go get God's favor all the time. The chief end of our existence, the the purpose for which we go and we do good and we show mercy and we, we love on people and we worship God is not because we want God to be favorable to us. It's because He's already shown us favor. So we give mercy rather than sacrifice. We don't have to sacrifice. God is, Jesus Christ has paid for our sins. We don't have to do that anymore. Now, we get to put all of our effort into showing Christ to the world through personal transformation because we are now people who can forgive and show mercy rather than judgment and bitterness. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners. I mean, if Jesus came into this world specifically wanting to do good for the sinners, what right do we have to go forth into this world only mingling with the righteous? Christ didn't come so that he could hang out with people who were were righteous. He came seeking passionately after those who are depraved, who broke his law. He came after those people to show them mercy. So, in like manner, we go into the world, mingling with those who are not like us, mingling with those that we might consider filthy, dirty, sinners. Just like him. Titus 3 5 7. He says, Paul tells Titus, He saved us not because of the works done by us in righteousness but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, this is the foundation. The only reason we're here, the only reason we have hope, the only reason we've been made new, is not because we did that. It's because he did that. Because of mercy. Mercy. The and last, the last verse I want to read together, Ephesians chapter 2, says in verses 4 to 7, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, And mercy, see the word rich, we don't think of wealth in terms of mercy and forgiveness. But we're not talking about the economy of man. We're talking about the economy of God, the things that he values. If there's going to be something that we can spend in his kingdom, it's things like mercy, grace, loving kindness. Forgiveness, gentleness, patience. Those are the things that the economy of God is made up of. Not gold, silver, precious stones. God is rich in mercy. Why? Because of His great love with which He has loved us. Even when we were dead completely, we were the dry bones that God breathed life into put flesh on, raised up in the dry desert. We were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with Christ. And then he interjects, by grace you have been saved. This is a little interjection. In case you missed it before, let me interject this again. By grace you have been saved. Paul is drilling this into us. We were dead in our trespasses. Dead things don't produce anything. Except more dust. God made us alive. You didn't make yourself alive. You didn't breathe life into your bones. You didn't raise yourself in newness of life because you prayed that prayer. God did. You're not saved because you prayed a prayer. You're not saved because you were at a camp meeting and went forward. You're saved because God saved you by grace through Jesus Christ. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, look, the way he's talking about this is as though it already happened. It's as though we're already seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, giving us the surety of the finality of his work. It says, though you're already reigning with Christ in his kingdom. It's a sure thing, the thing that God did. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches. Here's those riches again. Of what? Of his grace? How is his grace shown? In kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God is so kind. We think that God is just this mean God who is just looking, sitting back, observing the world. And whenever somebody sins, he's like playing whack-a-mole up in heaven. Every time somebody sins, he's just whacking, whacking, whacking. That's not our God. He is showing us immeasurable riches of grace in kindness, shrouded in kindness, towards us in Christ Jesus. And see in this way, through Christ's sacrifice, mercy has triumphed over judgment. God does not want to judge you. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want to condemn you. The Bible also says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That does not please him. He is not up there rejoicing that another wicked person perished. He does not want to judge us. He does not want to condemn you. Some of us feel like that. I just, I deserve to be condemned. Look at my life. And you're right, you deserve it. But God doesn't want that to happen. If he wanted to punish the wicked, why in the world would he send Jesus? If he wanted to punish the wicked, then he didn't, he, it, was, it would have been against his prerogative to send us Jesus as a sacrifice. He would just be condemning us, condemning us, condemning us, condemning us, condemning us. But his mercy has triumphed over judgment because he loves you and he came to save you. He doesn't want the wicked to perish. He wants us all to come to repentance. That is his desire. So that we go into this world, as a church, because remember that we're talking about our church mission statement, we go into this world in a similar mindset. We don't want the wicked to perish. We see people out there that are spreading falsehood or just living a lifestyle that we're we're just completely against. That's against everything that I raised my kids to believe. (laughs) Or whatever. But we don't go out in bitterness or anger. God doesn't come against them in anger and judgment. No, rather, but the kindness of grace. So that they might experience the same life that we have been able to experience. We, who also, in like manner, were dead in our trespasses. And now we've been brought to life and we see the flesh on our bones and the, the breath in our lungs and, we're like, and we see these other dead people out here and we're like, do you want to be alive too? <laughs> I can show you how to be alive. And we show the kindness of mercy with each other. Because we're, we're going to hurt each other, right? I mean, we're human beings. We're going be, to hurt each other. We're going to be hurt by each other over the course of time. That's just the way humanity works. It's not because I'm just set out to hurt you. It's just humans are frail. So we need the spirit of Christ, of mercy, where we would rather forgive and overlook for the sake of unity and peace and love. We also rebuke because we want Reconciliation so that we can be one with our oppressor. Knowing this, that we have received mercy, and there's no right, I have no right to hold something against you, because God doesn't even hold it against you anymore. Why would I hold it against you if God has already forgiven you for it? So with that spirit, our mercy, we're supposed to go forth and like mercy, like Jesus, and show mercy to each other. And to our communities. So let's pray for this spirit to overwhelm us as a body of believers. So that we can be the light of Christ. What, I mean, we're the, we are the light of the world. We learned about this last week. So what exactly are we shining? Well, this is exactly something that we should be shining. The light of mercy and kindness and grace. Forgiveness. Peace. Gentleness. Because that's what God has done for us. That's the only reason we're saved is because God had that for us. So we have that for others. And when people see that, they will glorify the Father in heaven. Let's pray for that together. Would somebody like to volunteer to pray for our assembly, to have this mind of Jesus Christ?